It has developed historically. St. Michael's Cathedral has been part of the Sacred Places network in the upper town since ancient times. Generally, Ukrainians were quite religious. There was a sort of sacred triangle between the Church of the Tithes, St. Sophia Cathedral and St. Michael's Cathedral. The peculiarity of St. Michael's Cathedral was that it used to ring the bells. It happened in the most challenging times for Kyiv, such as the Mongol-Tatar invasion or the night of the December 10th-11th during the first attempt of Maidan dispersal. Therefore, it is a unique place and it remains a special place not only for the Kyiv dwellers, but for all Ukrainians in general. You've just heard Evgenia Kuleba, a social activist who fought against illegal constructions in downtown Kyiv in 2016. My name is Anna Polinchuk, and I'm the producer and showrunner of this podcast. This is the third episode of the Why Do They Steal podcast. Today, we will talk about the vast St. Michael's Cathedral that had been part of downtown Kyiv for 800 years. It withstood many trials, but was destroyed by the Soviet government. This episode tells us the story of how the 12th century architectural monument was destroyed and describes the theft of Ukrainian cultural and material heritage. But let's listen to the priest Ivan Sidor, who repeatedly rang the cathedral bells. By the way, he was the one who rang the bells of St. Michael's Cathedral in December 2013, when Viktor Yanukovych, the Ukrainian president, tried to brutally disperse the Maidan, a peaceful rally against the president's decision not to join the European Union. That's how the revolution of dignity started. Today is December 11th, 2013, and they're planning a total dispersal of Maidan, which is why St. Michael's Cathedral is active in not letting it happen. How? We ring the bells. There used to be a chapel in honor of Michael, the Archistratich, where it was built on Michael's mountain. It was the first wooden cathedral in Kyiv. Only later, a stone church with one golden dome was built here. It was the first church of this kind in Kyiv. And that's how it got its name, Golden Domed. Some kind of genetic bonds with Christianity were laid down here on Michael's mountain. The cathedral was built at the beginning of the 12th century by Svetopolk, the grandson of Yaroslav the Wise, who left many historical monuments in Kyiv. St. Sophia Cathedral, the Golden Gates. He is also known for marrying his children to French, German, Danish, Norwegian and Polish rulers. After constructing several additional buildings and refurbishing them, St. Michael's Cathedral became one of the biggest and wealthiest cathedrals of its time. The relics of the famous St. Barbara were kept here. Raphael depicted her in one of his most famous paintings, the Sistine Madonna. The cathedral was Kiev's downtown jewel for eight centuries and survived until the 20th century. Anton Drobovich, the head of the Ukrainian Institute of National Remembrance, knows why it is crucial. 
There's a notion of symbolic space. Few things in Kyiv remain with us throughout the centuries. For example, St. Sophia Cathedral, the Golden Gate, or St. Michael's Cathedral. These things form a symbolic space. You walk down the street and realize that a prince who built this road once walked here, which helps to create this generation's bond. It isn't something abstract. When you realize that you live here, your parents live here, your grandparents and grand-grandparents used to live here, you put more value in this land. You can better understand what motherland is when you are rooted into this land by its stories and symbolic space. And then Bolsheviks tell you that it's all nonsense and relics of the past. Almost as soon as the Bolsheviks seized power in Ukraine in the early 1920s, they began their anti-religious campaign. And understanding the great importance of St. Michael's Cathedral, not only for believers, but also for Ukrainians in general, they prepared something entirely different than restoration of the Church. There were hostilities, and it was dilapidated at the beginning of the 20th century. Everything related to the First World War, the liberation struggles, the so-called revolutionary events or power transitions did not contribute to the preservation of the cathedral. And then this whole campaign, launched in the 1920s, also fostered the damage. Diana Klachko, an expert on Ukrainian art, has told us about the cathedral's condition at the beginning of the century. But even its status as a World Heritage Site did not save St. Michael's Cathedral. We can see why if we have a look at the USSR anthem lyrics, The International. In 1934, a decision was made to move the capital of the Ukrainian SSR from Kharkiv to Kyiv. An incredibly large-scale reconstruction of Kyiv was planned for this event, to create a government center instead of a historical center. What was Kyiv at the beginning of the 20th century? Kyiv was one of the most ancient cities. It's like Jerusalem for the Slavs excavations, archaeology. So something had to be done with this historical background. In 1934, an open call was launched and there were projects to demolish St. Sophia Cathedral and St. Michael's Cathedral and build a gigantic, monstrous government center there. But the French embassy stepped in because the daughter of Yaroslav the Wise, who built the St. Sophia Cathedral, was the French Queen Anna. And the Soviet government didn't dare to destroy it only because the case got known abroad. Unfortunately, St. Michael's Cathedral did not get such protection. The 12th century cathedral, sacred for Ukrainians, was demolished in 1937 to free up the space for a structure that would be symmetrical to the building we know today as the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine. However, something did not go according to plan. Then the Second World War began. Then reconstruction 
and so on until the restoration of Ukrainian independence in 1991, and nothing was built on the cathedral's ruins. At the end of the day, in the early 90s, first cautious and then more and more loud conversations began in society about the need to rebuild the cathedral. But things were not that easy. I want to say that not everybody supported the restoration of St. Michael's Cathedral. Many people and architects believe this shouldn't be done. There were suggestions to restore it as a wire carcass or transfer it closer to the edge of Kiev's hills near the Dnipro River. Some people believe that it wasn't a good idea at all. Ukraine used to be this kind of post-Soviet country with horrendous psychological consequences. You've just heard the words of the architect Yuri Lositsky, who reconstructed many historical monuments in Kyiv. The state entrusted to him the reconstruction of St. Michael's Cathedral. It was one of the most ambitious and large-scale projects of the first year of Ukraine's independence. The first order was to investigate the place and conduct archaeological excavations. Then there were orders to replicate, create a project, and so on. The hardest thing was retrieving all the cathedral's dimensions to reproduce its form correctly. What did we have? We had dimensions Mahalevsky made with his students without proper equipment. They had deviations even by sight. I have a patent for the invention of the method of reproducing these dimensions from a photograph. That is, if we know where the top of the cone is, then everything else can be reproduced. There is a photo of St. Michael's Cathedral taken from the bell tower of St. Michael's Monastery. There is the Belfry's foundation, the cathedral's foundation, and the height from which it was made. So it could be reproduced with only a tiny error, which we did and patented this method. The grand construction in downtown Kyiv followed the method patented by Yuri Lasitsky and lasted for several years. The project was consistently financed and completed on time despite the challenges of the 90s, a difficult period for a newly independent Ukraine undergoing economic and political crisis. The first stage was to replicate the gate and piece of the wall that used to cover the territory of the cathedral. The second stage was to replicate the bell tower. It was pretty easy and created quite an effect. And the third stage was the cathedral itself. And some time later the walls were painted. But it's not that interesting. Remember this quote by Yuri Lisitsky? Not that interesting. We will come back to it later. Let's move to Kyiv in 2000, to the solemn consecration of the restored St. Michael's Cathedral. The main and without exaggeration the most important event for our spiritual life in 2000, the great jubilee, the consecration of the St. Michael's Golden Dome Cathedral. The president of Ukraine, Leonid Kuchma, said that with the revival of traditions and national monuments, we are strengthening the moral foundations of our society. Great gratitude is due to the creativity and work of architects and archaeologists, builders and restorers, scientists, historians, and everyone who contributed with their minds and hands to the revival of the spiritual gem of our people. 
the cathedral was returned to downtown Kyiv, where it existed for 800 years. It might seem to be the happy end of this story. Both locals and tourists have been enjoying Lasitsky's restoration work for over 20 years. And from the outside, St. Michael's Cathedral looks like a complete copy of the building of the 1740. But you do remember the architect's quote, right? And sometime later, the walls were painted, but it's not that interesting. As an architect, Yuri Lasitsky was more interested in reconstructing the whole building. But we could disagree with him. It's attractive from the inside as well. The thing is, starting from the 12th century, there were unique mosaics and frescoes inside St. Michael's Cathedral. The key word is were. Diana Klachko will tell us more about it. In the 11th century, Kyiv was able to build the St. Sophia Cathedral. Yaroslav the Wise hired a team of mosaic artists from Byzantium or Constantinople. The Byzantine school of art of that time was the best in the world. It was a center for arts. But when they came to Kyiv and arranged a small workshop of these cubes for mosaics, they worked with local artists. So there was a school of art here. The art school consists of frescoes, mosaics, books, manuscripts, book illuminations and icons created here. And it requires lots of resources. Almost everywhere they require an enormous amount of money. Let's take the St. Mark's Basilica in Venice as an example. The mosaic ensemble creation took centuries. It was a republic, and it was the dogs who provided some funds for creating a part of it. The next dog provided some more funds for another part, and so on. And we built both St. Sophia's Cathedral and St. Michael's Cathedral. It was a state and a culture capable of taking something from Byzantium and creating its style. There was an influential school of art in Kyiv. The local artists learned from the best masters of the world from Byzantium when they worked on the decoration of Saint Sophia in Kyiv, which was built following the example of the Hagia Sophia in Constantinople, modern Istanbul. And then Kyiv artists introduced new elements to this art. It was embodied in the unique mosaics and frescoes on the walls of St. Michael's Cathedral. Did it also explode with the church on August 14, 1937? A brigade of mosaic experts from Leningrad came and transferred the most valuable mosaics and frescoes. They removed them from walls and packed them into some formworks. Most of these mosaics and frescoes were transferred to St. Sophia's Cathedral. They built an almost semicircular wall to mount it there. The other part, the biggest and the best preserved pieces, were moved to the modern National Art Museum. Of course, Removing ancient frescoes and mosaics from the cathedral walls might seem a barbaric thing to do. But given that St. Michael's Cathedral was to be blown up, this was the only possibility to save them. However, if you come to St. Sophia's Cathedral in Kyiv to look at these mosaics, you will see that something is missing. For example, the mosaics of Demetrius of the Saloniki 
and the bas-relief of the Holy Horseman, the frescoes of Saint Nicholas or the Prophet Samuel. The art museum in Kyiv doesn't have them, and they are not in the restored St. Michael's Cathedral either. At the end of the 30s, in Moscow, it was decided to mark the anniversary of the tale of Iher's campaign. A grand exhibition in Moscow dedicated to the tale of Iher's campaign was planned. And of course, they took mosaics and frescoes from the Kyiv Museum as exhibits just to show them. The tale of Iher's campaign, as you know, was also written in Kyiv. It is also a Kyiv heritage item. And they did not return them. They simply did not return the frescoes from the exhibition and carefully moved them to the Tretyakov Gallery. They still bear the inventory numbers of the Kyiv Museum. The tale of Ihor's campaign is an ancient Rus poem written in the 12th century about the unsuccessful campaign of Prince Igor against the nomadic tribes, the Cumans. For the exhibition, dedicated to the 750th anniversary of this poem, which was held in Moscow, the Kyiv mosaics were borrowed, as they sat for three months only. However, these three months are still going on. The mosaics themselves are the pride of the Moscow gallery now. When I entered those halls, I felt like I was in a completely different space. To see those things meant to join the spirituality concept. Artists who created them thought differently. They understood color, light, human figures and emotions differently. New artworks are made based on these. Not only replicas, copies, films. Their culture already has something to appeal to. These mosaics were made when Moscow did not exist, so they had to steal the history from Kyiv to Moscow somehow. And this is what they have been doing for all these centuries. The notion of Kyiv culture is washed out. It's their property because the words Tretikov Gallery Moscow are next to these artworks. And they developed their culture, their science, in particular Byzantology, based on these monuments. Ukrainians were deprived of Byzantology, even though they built their school based on these monuments. And this school is recognized worldwide. Their museums, which have these valuable artworks, are also included in the rating of the largest museums in the world. It is a miracle that some of these fragments have survived, in particular Demetrius of Thessaloniki, which was located above the altar pillar, ended up in the collection of the Tretikov Gallery. It's a miracle indeed to take exhibits for an exhibition and not return them. By the way, some elements of ancient Kyiv mosaics from St. Michael's Cathedral are preserved not only in the Tretyakov Gallery, the Hermitage, and other Russian museums. Perhaps they are not in museums at all. Access to the Kolonchevskaya railway platform and railway stations Leningradsky. There were a lot of fragments of mosaics in the cathedral. These little cubes of the 12th century were destroyed for smalt, unique proof of specific technology. And nobody knows where that smalt disappeared. I believe it was taken to Frolov's workshop, and he was allowed to take bags of these cubes. He experimented with them when he was creating mosaics for the Moscow Metro. But it is my personal version. 
Destroyed and pillaged by the Soviet Union, St. Michael's Cathedral once again sparkles with its domes in the center of Kiev in independent Ukraine. However, there are no more ancient mosaics inside. They're still in Russia. But even without them, this great church continued to serve the Ukrainian people during new trials. Ivan Sidor will tell us more about it. In February 2022, St. Michael's Monastery was active. The Ukrainian Volunteer Army, UDA and Hospitaliers came to us in the first days. All the free rooms, well, actually all the space was made available for our defenders and doctors. Unfortunately, St. Michael's Monastery is still the place to mourn for our fallen soldiers. And you know that we have a memorial wall with photos of the fallen soldiers from the first day of the war in 2014. People can count on our monastery. It's the place of our history, our memory, and one of the Kyiv symbols. I will protect it if there is a threat that this heritage might be destroyed. These were the words of Evgenia Kuleba. And this was the third episode of the Why Do They Steal podcast about the problematic fate of St. Michael's Cathedral and its mosaics, which survived many difficult times until the Soviet Union reached them. In the fourth episode of our podcast, we will share the story of the so-called Amsterdam case about the Crimean gold, which has been stuck abroad due to the annexation of the peninsula by Russia. Watch Why Do They Steal on the Ukrainska Pravda YouTube channel and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and other platforms. Subscribe and share it. The material was prepared with the support of the International Renaissance Foundation. Production 435 Films Showrunners Korni Hrytsyuk and Anna Palinchuk Screenwriters Korni Hrytsyuk and Yuri Marchenko Producer and narrator Anna Polinchuk, Sound Supervisor Vasily Avtushenko, Assistant Irina Terletska, Project Coordinator Olena Kirichak, English Translation Anastasia Perun, English Voiceover Alina Zivakova, Rob Feldman, Katarina Gordienko, English Voiceover Recording Pavlo Melnik and Ala Shmatok.